Pastor Michael E. Tan. I'm the senior pastor of the Bethlehem Baptist Church in Pauls Valley, Oklahoma. We're at 311 North Dunbar, 55 miles south of Oklahoma City. We want to welcome you to today's program. Today you're going to be listening to a word either from myself, my lovely wife Kimberly E. Tan, or associate minister at Bethlehem, or teacher. But before we get into word today, we just want to welcome those who are listening throughout our MySpace page at www.myspace.com backslash Pastor Michael Eaton. That's E-A-T-O-N. Maybe listening through our church website at www.heargodsword at Bethlehem.com or podcast of the same name, Hear God's Word at Bethlehem or through our Women of Divine Faith or other Ministries all on the internet. Now, let's get into the word. About three weeks, uh, we're going to have our business meeting, and we want you to be prepared for that as well. Amen? Amen. Amen. As always, we always want to put before you the vision of what we believe God wants to do in the future. We believe by faith that this is what God is calling us to do. As always, I, I try to tell you to get there before you get there. Every Sunday morning, imagine yourself singing choir in the choir level. Imagine yourself preachers in the pulpit, deacons down here leading in devotion and taking your place in the sanctuary. Ushers, take the doors from your sanctified imagination, for we do believe. But this is what God is calling us to do. Amen? Amen. Amen. Bethlehem, it is right. Amen. 2013, which is almost over. It's gone by so quickly. God has been getting us right here first at the household of the Lord because he wants us to be ready when revival comes. Amen. Wants us to be prepared to welcome in the kind of people that he wants to send that will get be saved. Yes. Amen. 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 And we have to make sure that the house is right first. Amen. Come on. Hello, somebody. Hey. Hello, somebody. This month we are continuing in a series we've entitled Getting It Right with the Matriarchs. As we've been studying women in the Bible women in the Bible. We've been standing on Luke chapter 8, verse 48 in the New English translation. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. He said, Daughter, your faith has made you well. And we've been studying women who, who trust God. Look at Sarah in her faith. Looked at the Samaritan woman in her faith. We looked at Sister Mary on Wednesday night and this Sunday morning. Woman of faith. We're learning from them 
how to serve our God, how to believe in our God. So we continue in this study as we look at this text this morning uh, in a message entitled A Scarlet Faith, A Scarlet Faith. And we're going to look at Joshua chapter 2 verses, the whole context is 1 through 24, but we're going to be reading this morning in your reading, Joshua chapter 2 verses 4 through 5, 8 through 9, 12 through 13, and 17 through 18. We want you to go back home a little later and read the whole context of this story. Amen? Amen. Would you please stand in reverence to the Word of God? Three slides. Stand symbolically saying, I will stand on this Word. Say to your neighbor, 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 or neighbor, neighbor. I'm going to stand on this word. Let's read this out loud together at the same time <laughs> on three. One, two, three. The talk about a faith that signals. We want Christians to know today that Christians should take steps of faith for deliverance. Christians should take steps of faith for deliverance. This woman in the text is a woman that is named in what we call the Hall of Fame of Faith. In that same text that Sister Sarah is mentioned in. Though they come from two drastically different backgrounds. Sarah was the genesis of the, of the Jewish nation that God would use to bring forth Christianity. But this woman lived in a foreign land. She was in that great city called Jericho into which God would give them as a prize for their obedience as they would walk into the promises of God. 
Her house was literally built in the city walls. And with God, when, when the children of Israel would shout, cause the walls of Jericho to come tumbling down. Because of her faith, even in the midst of all of that destruction, her home would stand. And she would be delivered from sheer peril, if not by the collapsing of the walls by the children of Israel who would go in and conquer the land. She had a very unique occupation that sets her apart away from most women. She made her living in modern day terms in the red light district. She was the kind of woman you would think that God wouldn't be able to say. God has sent me here this morning to let you know that God can save those in the uttermost as well as in the guttermost. That, that He uh, can reach those who seem to sit high and look low and he can reach those who look low, who sit low and look high. Her story is a great story uh, of deliverance from that kind of lifestyle. We're going to learn a little more about her from her own words this morning. Let's, let's let her tell you about herself. There's so much power in a name, isn't there? Associations are made, and before long, one finds oneself stuck with a label, unable to free themselves from its ugly grip. Occupations oftentimes define a person and give them their sense of worth. And so it was. Rahab, the prostitute. Tension was high in the city, as high as the walls that surrounded Jericho. There were wars, and there were rumors of wars. Everyone was on high alert. No one was allowed in the city, and no one was allowed out. You could almost see the city gates shake with fear. So when the two men asked me to hide them, it wasn't an unusual request. And when another knock came at my door, my heart began to race. For surely, it must be the king's men. There was much at stake my life and my family's lives. So I sidestepped the truth and I told the guards that the men had already left. And it worked. The guards were gone, but the spies remained. Something burned deep inside me. 
as I ran onto the rooftop. I knew what can't be these men were from. They were from the tribe of truth. And truth was what I so desperately needed. For the Lord, your God, is God in the heavens above and on the earth below. Something burst forth in me as I claimed my faith in their God. My God. Amen. 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 This woman of ill repute claimed faith in God. And she had a faith that saves. And that's the kind of God that we serve today. We serve a God that that is a that 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 that, that saves us. Amen. From the othermost to the guttermost. Those kind of folk, oh, that many religion folk, religious folk don't want around God's saved. She's not the kind of woman that most folk want to walk through those oh sanctified doors. Oh, we don't want to see her or her kind, but I'm so glad that my God has a faith that can save from the uttermost to, oh, to the guttermost. And He still wants to save some people from questionable past. He wants to save the drug dealer. He wants to save the prostitute. He wants to save the crooked politician. He, he wants to save, oh, that person that you can't stand, that person that gives you all that problems and all the trouble. He wants to save your supervisor that's always riding you. He wants to save your mate that's always riding you. He, he wants to save from the uttermost to the uttermost in Jesus' name. He, he wants to save folk in the red light district. He wants to save folk in the blue light district. He, he wants to save folk in the yellow like this. He wants to save. And our God is mighty to save. And I've come here today to let you know no matter what you come from, what background that you had, God wants to save you. In Jesus' name. Say, say to your neighbor, neighbor, neighbor. Oh, neighbor. God wants to save you. God wants to save you. And when He uses oh, and when He saves you, guess what? Then you will begin to save other folk. And this is the true test of your faith in God. Does your faith save? Do folk get saved as a result of coming in contact with you? Do folk get saved as a result of you interceding on their behalf? Do folk get saved from your ten most wanted list because you've been praying and you've been fasting and praying? We have a God who is mighty to save. And when God saves, 
saves you, guess what? He wants to save other folk in Jesus' name. And here in the text, we have a woman who would believe in her faith would cause her to hide these two spies. For the Bible says, but the woman had taken the two men and hid them. And she said, yes, the man had come to me, but I do not know where they uh, had come from. Hello, somebody. Oh, this woman of ill repute, God would use to save the spy's life. Hello, somebody. As they would go in to spy the land, as they would go in to see if it was still so what God had said over 40 years ago when those 12 spies had went into the, went into the country. Hello, somebody. And guess what? Oh, Joshua didn't send 12. God, Joshua only sent two. Because, oh, from the last report, guess what? Ten said nay. But there were two who said go. Hello, somebody. And he used two other spies to go in and spy out the land. Let me ask you here today. Are you going to believe the report oh, that the spies will bring back? Are you going to believe the signs that God gives you and if he has given you a report and he's giving you signs guess what you ought to believe say to your neighbor neighbor neighbor, neighbor. you ought to believe God and take him at his word and that's what saved this woman of ill repute for James chapter 2 verse 25 says in the same way was not even Rahab the prostitute considered what? Righteous for what she did when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off in a different direction this woman was saved. Hello somebody. Question is today, do you believe? And if you believe, do you have the kind of faith that can save for other folk? Her faith saved the spies. Her faith saved her family. Hello, somebody. Because she believed in a mighty God. Oh, we sing the song, What a mighty God that we serve. But do we truly believe that our God is mighty? Say to your neighbor, neighbor. Neighbor. Oh, neighbor. Our God is mighty. Our God is mighty. She, she had a faith to save, but she also had a faith to share. Faith to share. But this is what she said in verse 9 of Joshua 2. And said to them, she believed what even some of the people of God didn't believe 40 years ago. I know that the Lord has given you this land and that a great fear of you has fallen on us so that all who live in the country are melting in fear because of you. She had a faith that would share and she had some valuable information that would encourage all the people of God. She knew what some folk what some saved folk don't know today but God has sent me here to remind you that God has already given you the victory. Say to your neighbor, neighbor! God has given you the victory. 
They were sitting on the other side. Forty years before that, they were they were supposed to go out. Forty years they wandered in the wilderness. Forty years uh, for what some theologians say was an eleven days journey. Forty years uh, they had to wait uh, and funerals and have funerals and funerals because that hard-hearted generation that didn't want to walk into the promises of God would pass away. That same hard-hearted people who were concerned about their children, they didn't want to go and conquer the land because they were afraid that their children would suffer. Oh, but God has a way of sticking your nose in it. It was those very same children who would rise up and walk into the promises of God. So what we have to believe in this generation is that our God is still able because if He doesn't work in our generation, guess what? It's you Sunday and we're planting seeds and telling them everything that our God is. And if we don't build it, guess what? They're going to grow up and they're going to build it. Are you going to be a part of the generation that will conquer? Are you going to be a part of the people that shares your faith? Oh, I'm so glad that some folk that you can talk to and they motivate you to walk out into the promises of God and to step out into the promises of God. She was those kind of woman, that kind of woman. She didn't tell them a, a bad and false report. She told them that folk are already afraid of you. Folk have already lost the battle. Oh, arguably the greatest fighter of all time came along in my generation. Now you can beg to differ, but his name was Mike Tyson. And Mike Tyson was an intimidator. Mike Tyson. And, and at the beginning of many of those fights, you can see him standing in the ring looking at the other fighter. And you can see the other fighter afraid, scared. Oh, acting like they didn't want to be there. Acting like they couldn't have the victory. Because when you're afraid, guess what? You don't have the victory. When you're afraid of what the doctor said, you don't have the victory. When you're afraid of what the government says, you don't have the victory. When you're afraid of the weather report, you don't have the victory. But my God has told me to let you know that he has not given you the spirit of fear. Hello, somebody. Oh, the people had already lost because they were afraid and they were ready to do what many of Mike Tyson's oh, victims would do. Fall down. Hello, Michael Spinks. Hello, somebody. Oh, they were so afraid they would fall down. Hello, somebody. Oh, and these people were so afraid they were ready to fall down. Oh, because of the God that we serve. Guess what? They had heard about him. Hello, somebody about the God that we serve. They had heard. Read the whole text. They had heard about what went on in Egypt. They had heard about the parting of the Red Sea. They had heard about how God had oh, given them victory over the two kings on the east side of the Jordan right before you get to Jericho. God's reputation had preceded him. Hello, somebody. Somebody in here better be ready to walk into the promises of God because of the God that you serve. And there I say, Bethlehem, we better walk into the promises of God. We better build what God told us to build and stop being afraid. Amen. Say to your neighbor, neighbor, call neighbor, stop being afraid. You already have the victory. Hello, somebody. I said you already have the victory. 
say to your neighbor, neighbor, neighbor. oh neighbor, oh, you already have the victory. Stop being scared. Hello, somebody. To walk out into the promises of God. Hello, somebody. He had shared some information that they would go back and would encourage the people. And we need to be those kind of saints that share information that will encourage the people to walk into the promises of God. In the same way, oh brother Gideon who said he was a small man that he didn't count for much. Hello somebody. And oh brother Gideon who had too many people. Hello somebody. He had a mega church worth of people ready to go out to battle. But God said he had too many. And he ended up with only 300 that would have to come against oh, an army that was so vast that it couldn't be counted. Hello, somebody. And can you imagine having to come before that? But Gideon was like some of us. And Gideon needed a little help oh, to fall and walk into the promises of God. And God told him, oh, one night to go and listen to what they're saying in the camps of the Midianites. Listen, what they are saying in Judges chapter 7, verse 14. And this is what one of the men was saying to his other men, one of the Midianites. He said, his friends responded. This can be nothing other than the sword of Gideon, the son of Joash, the Israelites. Guess what? Because God has given the Midianites and the whole camp into his hands. Hello, somebody. He had the victory before he even walked into the battle. And he had to hear what they were saying before he would be encouraged enough to step out into the promises of God. And guess what? When he found that information, just like the spies found that information. Oh, he went back and he was ready to do battle. And God has sent you here oh, this Sunday morning to encourage your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus so that you can go back and face what the doctor said. Go back and face your boss. Go back and face oh, a horrible marriage. Go back and face the loneliness of sin. Oh, because God said you already have the victory. Somebody ought to shout right now. Hello, sir. Oh, it don't sound like you got the victory in here. Somebody ought to shout right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I already got the victory. Shout right now. Hallelujah. I already have the victory in Jesus' name. Before I even take a step, I got, I got the victory. Hello, somebody. This little vignette is going to share some strategic change what's been going on in the case. Rahab, the Canaanite harlot of Jericho, an ancestor of Christ. This is a map of Israel at the time of Jesus. Notice Jericho is just north of the Dead Sea. Just prior to entering the Promised Land, the 12 tribes of Israel camped on the plains of Moab, the east side of the Jordan River, opposite Jericho. Here, Moses delivered his last message, the book of Deuteronomy. After his death, the nation remained there for one month to mourn his death. This was also the area Elijah was taken up into heaven in a whirlwind. Jericho was a fortress that guarded the entrance to the Jordan Valley. 
Joshua needed complete information about the fortress, its gates, fortified towers, military force, and the morale of its people. Rahab did not have an inheritance. She wasn't born into a family of importance. She earned a living as a prostitute before Jericho was overthrown by Joshua. Because of her trade, she heard a lot about current events. She was aware that Israel planned to conquer Jericho. As we discuss Rahab, notice that she is more concerned for others than herself. As a prostitute, she lived on the edge of society, one stop short of being rejected. Her house was built right into the city wall and provided both lodging and prostitution to travelers. It was a natural place for the Israelite spies to stay because they would be mistaken for Rahab's customers. Stories about the Israelites had been circulating for some time, but now it was clear that the Israelites were across the river and would invade. Since her house was built into the city wall, Rahab felt particularly vulnerable. Like the rest of the people in Jericho, she was afraid, but she was the only one to turn to the Lord of Israel for her salvation. Rahab's story is told in the book of Joshua. Joshua sent two spies to Jericho. They found Rahab and stayed with her while they were there spying on the city. The king of Jericho found out that the spies were with Rahab. He orders her to give them up. She admits that they were with her, but said that they had left and she didn't know where they are. Her faith gave her the courage to hide the spies and to lie to the soldiers. Rahab knew her position was dangerous. She could have been killed if she had been caught protecting the Israelites. Rahab took the risk because she had the wisdom to believe in Israel's God. And God rewarded Rahab by promising safety for her and her family. It would promise safety for her and her family. Because she had a faith that stipulated. She said in verse 12, Now then please swear to me by the Lord that you will show kindness to my family because I have shown kindness to you. Give me a sign. She had a faith that stipulates. And many times uh, some Christian folk uh, have a problem with trying to make stipulations with God. But there are many folk here today and they've had a stipulation kind of faith where they came in the middle of a trial or in the middle of a circumstances and they made a promise to God and said, God, if you deliver me, I will serve God, if you heal me, I will serve and they stipulated some things all uh, oh, to God. Uh, oh, and this is what, uh, oh, what, what, what she did. Uh, she said one hand ought to wash uh, another's. I saved you, uh, oh, and saved your lives. Uh, and because I saved you, uh, 
you ought to save me and my entire family. She had some stipulations. Oh, and as a result of those stipulations that she made, guess what? She had a faith that saves because of her stipulations that she made. Guess what? A whole family who came to the house would be saved. That's why I say, do you have a faith that saves? Oh, because oh, if you are a Christian, God didn't save you just to save you for yourself. God saved you so you can go out and reach your whole family. Hello, somebody. Oh, is your whole family saved? Is your father and your mother saved? Is your brothers and your sisters saved? Are your cousins saved? Oh, are they saved? And if they're not, guess what? You need to make some stipulations with God. You need to say, God, I'm going to fast and pray for my family. God, I'm going to fast and pray that you deliver that boy oh, that's in the prison. God, I'm going to fast and pray to take my daughter off those streets. Oh, I believe that you're going to deliver her. God, I believe you're going to oh, deliver oh, oh, my wayward son that grew up in the church. But now acting like he doesn't know Jesus at all. It's time for you to make some stipulations and pray. Oh, not just for yourself. Oh, but for your whole family, your whole household, for, for the people that work around you. Hello, somebody. For your neighbors. It's time to make some stipulations. Hello, somebody. Say to your neighbor, neighbor. Ask God to move. Ask God to move. On your behalf. On your behalf. Ask God to move. Amen. On behalf of your family. Amen. In Jesus' Jesus name. Amen. Some of us are very get very awkward when we pray about asking God for a sign. Hello, somebody. But Gideon is another good example of, of some who, who ask God for a sign. You see, God knows your heart. And he will meet you right where you are. Hello, somebody. Amen, amen. And same way he met this woman right where she is, right there in the red light district. He, he met her where she was. And because he met her where she was, she was saved and a whole household was saved. Hello, somebody. Hello, somebody. So this is a stipulation that, 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 that Gideon made. He said, Gideon replied, If now I have found favor in your eyes, Give me a sign that it is really you talking to me. Hello, somebody. He made a, a stipulation to God. If it's you, God, oh, send me a sign. If it's you, if you want me to do this, Lord, speak to me. Uh, send me a sign. Make, make some stipulations. Somebody, oh, don't know whether they should do a, oh, a certain thing. They, uh, they don't know whether they should take this job and, and leave town. Oh, pray to God and ask Him to send you a sign. Oh, somebody else uh, is making some stipulations. Don't know whether, oh, they should continue in their marriage. Ask God to, to give you a sign. Oh, Somebody here, oh, don't know what they should do. The government is shut down. And you're asking God, should I keep this job or should I look for another? Ask God. And guess what? He'll meet you right where you are. He knows your heart. Hello, somebody. Now, that's some hard-hearted folk who ask God for a sign. Now, God 
ain't going to reach them or meet them where they are because their hearts are hard. But somebody in here today, God wants to speak to And you need to say, Lord, send me a sign. Show me the way. In Jesus' name, the Bible says, trust in the Lord. With all your heart, lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge Him. And He will make your path straight. Oh, and guess what? When He makes your path straight, guess what that is? That's a sign. Hello, somebody. He makes the crooked places smooth. Hello, somebody. That's a sign. That's God going before you in Jesus' name. Ask God. Hello, somebody. For some stipulation. Speak to me. Meet me where I am. Tell me what I should do. Hello, somebody. Jesus name and he knows your heart if you have a pure heart he'll meet you right where you are a faith that saves a faith that shares a faith that stipulates and lastly at least we stay here too long we're going to look at this last vignette we're going to talk about a faith that signals they were spies Special secret agent sent out by the Israelis to check out Jericho. The name is Brew. Hebrew. Dumbo heaven. Wow, that was awful. Oh, like yours is so intellectual. They were assigned to survey the city to see if it was possible for Israel to utterly destroy them. I see no problem. It's okay. Lovely architecture. Pity it's all going bye-bye. But night fell. Wow, the sun has a quick around here. Jericho's city gates slammed shut. The two spies had no place to hide. Quick, I'll hide behind you. Where do I hide? The last place they'll think to look in plain view. Cool! Meanwhile, nearby, there was... Rahab! Rahab was... Uh, well, how shall we say? A professional in the red light district. I've been called worse. I'll bet you have. Rahab saw the two spies and their dilemma. Hmm. Where's the one place no one would ever expect to find two good Jewish boys? Oh, boys, you can hide in here. Hide in the hay. Is it kosher? We're not eating it, just hiding it. I'll hide you on one <laughs> Anything, name it. When you destroy the city, you'll spare me. You got it. Meanwhile, the Jericho authorities heard about the spies and began to hunt for them. Hey, Rahab. How you doing? Hello, Officer Schnecker. <laughs> see any spies around here? Spies? No, but you're free to look. You know your way around here. Hey! What's wrong? Nothing. I'm just pointing out that there's hay there. Indeed there is. What's under that hay? More hay. What do you think? Hey, now that you mention it, I did hear two guys singing Hava Nehila and running down the street that way. Whoa! With her clever lies, Rahab diverted the cops. In the morning, the two were on their way. Remember our deal, boys. You got it. Is it really necessary that you play that music every time we see someone? Kind of a dead giveaway, don't you think? When Joshua and the army surrounded Jericho and God destroyed it, he remembered Rahab. And the walls came a tumbling down. And she lived among the Israelis 
the rest of her life. Amen and praise the Lord. A faith that signals. Now she made stipulations, but she had to follow through with what she said she would do in order to be saved. And like that dreaded night in Egypt, when they had to put the blood of the Lamb on every house post to be passed over. In order for her family to be saved, she had to put up that same scarlet rope that she let the spies down. Uh, she had to show that as a signal to, uh, for who they were. And, and as long as her family stayed in the house, her family would be saved. For the text in verse 18 says, unless when we enter the land, you have tied this scarlet cord in the window through which you let us down. And unless you have brought your father and your mother and your brothers and all of your family into your house, that would be the only way they would get saved. Oh, they would have to put up that scarlet rope as a signal to the people of God not to enter into that place and kill everybody. And as a result of her faith that saves, as a result oh, of a faith that shares, as a result of a faith that stimulates, as a result of a faith that signals, guess what? She was put in the hall of fame of faith. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 31, for the Bible uses her, oh, the woman with her background, the, the woman at the guttermost. God, oh, use her as an example of faith. For he says of her by faith, the prostitute, uh, what was her name? Rahab. Because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were what? Disobedient. So it was by faith, oh, that she and her whole household was saved. Is there anybody here today that needs to put up a scarlet rope this morning and believe that God can save them from the circumstance, from the trials, from the tribulation? Is there anybody here that needs to put up a scarlet rope this morning and, uh, and know as a sign and let God know that you believe that He is who He said He is? Oh, put up that scarlet rope at the hospital the room. Put up that scarlet rope in your office at work. Put up that scarlet rope oh, in your home when you get home. Put up that signal to let God know that I believe that He is all that He says He is. That I believe that He's that same God yesterday, today, and forever. I believe oh, that He's that same God of the great I Am. I believe that same God that gave them the victory in Egypt can give us the victory in Paul's valley. I believe in that same God that can open the Red Sea and make a way out of new way. I believe. Put up your scarlet rope. Say to your neighbor, neighbor, oh neighbor, put up your scarlet rope in Jesus' name. Say to your other neighbor, neighbor, oh neighbor, put up your scarlet rope in Jesus' name because you believe in the God that you serve. 
I'm so blessed that my God, Jesus, will be willing to put up all that scarlet rope of his body on the cross. Oh, I'm so blessed that my God, Jesus, in that garden of Gethsemane, where he had to struggle and he had to pray, he told his disciples to watch and pray for the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Hello, somebody. Oh, and in that same garden, and in that same prayer meeting, I'm so glad that Jesus says, not my will, but thy will be done. Oh, because he would have to be made a scarlet rope. Not my will, but thy will be done. And he got up out of that garden, and they convicted him of crimes that he didn't commit. Oh, and they said he was guilty. They mocked him and they scorned him. Put a crown of thorns on his head. Oh, and put a cross on his back. And Jesus walked through the streets of Jerusalem. Oh, carrying that solid rope. He came to that hill called Galgotha. They laid the cross down and nailed him to that cross. Oh, that scarlet rope was nailed from one side to another, top to bottom in a cross. Oh, that scarlet rope of his body was nailed to the cross. They raised him up. Oh, between two thieves, that scarlet rope. Hello, somebody. I'm so glad that Jesus was willing to die for my sins because that scarlet rope gave his life away because they couldn't take it. That scarlet rope will be taken down from the cross and put in a tomb. That scarlet rope will stay dead one day, will stay dead two days. That scarlet rope will rise again on the third day. That scarlet rope, hello somebody, got up with all power in his hands. That scarlet rope got up with all power in his hands. That scarlet rope got up with all power in his hands. And because he got up, I can get up today. Regardless of what the doctor said, I can get up today. Regardless of what my wife said, I can get up today. Regardless of what my children are doing, I can get up today. And there's somebody here that needs to accept that scarlet rope. Thank you, Jesus. Give God a hand clap of praise. I said, give God a hand clap of praise. You ought to praise him right now. Somebody ought to say hallelujah. Somebody ought to say hallelujah. Somebody ought to stand to their feet and say hallelujah. I have the victory. Hallelujah. Oh, let the neighbors hear us. Hallelujah. Stand with me. Let the neighbors hear. Hallelujah. I have the victory. I shout right now. And the walls of Jericho. God that I serve. Yes, I have a scarlet face today. Deacons, will you come? Saints are praying. All eyes are closed and heads are bowed. That scarlet rope. Name is Jesus. And if you're here today and do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you can be saved. Accept the scarlet rope. And not only can he save you, 
but he can save your whole family, your whole household. Is there one today, all eyes closed, heads about, thanks and pray. Is there one today who will slip out of their seats and say, I need to get my life right with God? Is there one today? Go ahead and slip out of your seats. Hello again, this is Pastor Michael Eaton. I've been your host for today's program. And before we sign off, we just want to make sure that you have a personal relationship with God. You know, many people are waiting to have a personal relationship with God. They're waiting because they're trying to clean up their life or get right with God to stop smoking or cursing before they come to the house of the Lord. And you know what I tell them? There's nothing that you can do or stop doing that would make you right for a relationship with God. The thing that you must do, however, is take God's provision. You see, in order to get right with God, you have to meet him on his terms. And his terms is Jesus Christ. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And the Bible says that we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. But the Bible also said that God demonstrated his love towards us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died. God's only son, God's love, Christ died for us. So in order to get right with God, you have to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And you can do that today by praying this simple prayer. Dear God, I confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus and I believe in my heart Jesus died for my sins, was buried, and rose again on the third day. Dear God, come into my life, come into my heart as my Lord and Savior. Amen. And praise the Lord. If you pray that prayer for the first time, then the angels in heaven are rejoicing. For now you are a child of the living King. Because you're a child of the living king, you have to find God's family, and that's what the church is. The church is God's family here on earth. We love believe by faith that you've been born to the household of faith here at Bethlehem. Again, we're at 311 North Dunbar in Paul's Valley, Oklahoma, 55 miles south of Oklahoma City. We'd love to see you in our services. And if you're listening throughout the world, listen throughout the United States, Canada, United Kingdom, or even China. We're going to pray that God will deliver you to a Bible-believing, Bible-teaching, Bible-living church where you can grow up in the things of God. We want to thank you once again for listening. And again, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, you need to find a church home, a baby born. Needs to be a baby born in the family. Because babies can't make it on their own. And if you prayed that prayer for the first time, you are a spiritual baby. Thank you for must find a church home. Again, we want to thank you for joining us today. And I'm going to give us a final benediction. A benediction is a final blessing. Father God, we thank you, Lord, and we pray in Jesus' name that you would bless everyone at the sound of my voice, especially the new children of God. Deliver them safely to a church home. And put your hedge of protection around us all. Keep us safe from our harm and danger until we meet again, either here in Cyber Church or in the service. 
We thank you, Father God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Hello again. This and is Pastor praise Mike Lee Tom, the senior Lord. pastor of the Bethlehem Baptist Church in Pauls Valley, Oklahoma. We want to take this opportunity to see if God used this message in your heart. If if your life is changed, if God really spoke to you and touched your heart and changed the moment in your life, we just want to thank God for how he's working in your life, but we also want to take this opportunity to see if we can get you to sow a seed in the life of our church. Right now, we're entering into a building program, and we've calling this program Vision to Reality. And this is phase one of our building program, and I've told many of our members, you know, I may not serve at a mega church, but I do serve a mega God. Not living in a mega city. This is Paul's Valley. But we serve a mega God because we're heard all over the United States and different countries and kingdoms. And we're believing that God owns the cattle on a thousand hills where you are. And if you take a moment and go to our church website at www.heargodsword at Bethlehem.com. And you can hear it. Uh, tap the link on the MySpace page or... Uh, just go to the front page of our website at www.heargodsword at Bethlehem.com and scroll to the bottom there. You'll see Vision to Reality, and that's where you can give to the building. And we, we want to do it kind of just like Obama did. And he raised his funds. It was just people, ordinary, everyday people, $25 that helped him to raise millions of dollars in a economy that people were saying that is depressed. I think that's God. I believe God can do it for us, and we want you to give. Once again, now, if God has touched and moved and worked in your life as a result of you listening to this ministry, we want you to give to Vision to Reality and help us to make our building here in Paul's Valley, state of the arts, build a reality because you've taken time to give 25, 50, 10. 100, and you may be able to do more. Whatever God is laying on your heart, we need you so we can build this vision to a reality. May God bless you and keep you is my prayer. Again, go to the website, www.heargodsword.com.